And if you would go to Genesis, the book of Genesis, and also while you're turning, if you want to, you can turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 2, so you can find those two openings, Genesis 1, 1 Corinthians 2. For the last several weeks, we've been on the subject of the moving of the Spirit, The moving of the Spirit. Genesis 1. In the beginning, what happened? God created the heaven and the earth. So how did it get here? You believe that's how it happened? You and me both. Hmm? How did man get here? Same way. You know, I was reading recently. About Mr. Darwin. And his theory. Emphasis on the word. Theory. You know what a theory is? (laughs) To quote my father in the faith. Kenneth Hagin. He said a theory. Is a supposition. Based upon ignorance of the topic under discussion. (laughs) Well think about it. If you knew what you were talking about. It wouldn't be a theory. Right? A theory is an unfounded, unproven supposition. And it's taught as fact in our schools. Do you know how he came to his theory? I was reading about it recently. He spent five weeks on some islands. Where he saw how animals had adapted to their environments. And developed his theory of evolution. Now that just ain't enough for me. How about you? He saw animals adapted. You know what that proves? (laughs) That animals adapt. That God created all of us with amazing adaptability. But this is what I believe right here. How about you? In the beginning, God. Hmm? Not a higher power. God. Not the gods. God. Hmm? Not advanced, intelligent other beings. No, who? God. God created the heaven and the earth. That's how we got here. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Who? What did he do? Moved. He moved. Do you think he still moves? Yes, sir. Do we have other instances in this book yes, sir. where he moved yes, sir. again and again and again and again and he still moves today? Yes, he moved. We said we looked up that word and it means he was hovering, you know, almost like a helicopter, yes. standing in one place, hovering. Why was he there? Waiting. 
Why was he hovering? Well, read the very next verse. And God said. Here comes the word of God. The spoken word of God. We know the word of God is a person. Right? The master. The word who became flesh. And became our redeemer and our savior. So we have God the father. We have God the spirit hovering. We have God the word. Being spoken. And then what happened after God said let there be light or light be what happened? Light was. It existed. Now how did that happen? Wonder if there's any connection between it manifesting and the Spirit of God being there hovering. Well, we've seen many other things that reveal to us how the Spirit of God operates and two main things that He does, and one of them is manifesting. He manifests the Word. And secondly, He magnifies and glorifies Jesus, which is really saying the same thing. Go please to 1 Corinthians. Uh, you're there in the second chapter. That's good. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that are so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but what what in the power of God my faith stands in the power of God now there's so much here intellect Calls to intellect. Emotion calls to emotion. Flesh calls to flesh. And spirit calls to spirit. Have you noticed this? If somebody gets mad with you and comes on like a ton of bricks, what does that tend to pull on you to do? Hmm? Anger calls to anger. Solically. See, in ministry, I had to learn this, and I'm still learning it. That in ministering to a group of people, whether it's 20 people or 20,000, all these people came, their spirit, their mind, their emotions, their feelings, and their body. And uh, so we got all these spirits in the room tonight. You and me and angels. The other kind, we don't let many of them hang around. If they do, not for long. (laughs) You know, people get so weird about demons. They really do. Demons are pathetic creatures. Don't know if you knew that or not. They are. 
their disembodied spirits, separated from God, they're fallen, they're full of fear, they're full of confusion. What does the Bible say happens when you resist the devil? Huh? They flee. If you look up the word, it means to run from as in terror. Then why are so many people scared of demons and evil spirits? Ignorance and deception. No, there is absolutely no reason for a blood-washed, made righteous Holy Ghost filled, name of Jesus authorized, man or woman of God, to have any fear about any evil spirit. Absolutely not. But all these spirits are here, talking about you. And in the beginning days of my ministry, I'd start to preach and teach, and I would sense and sometimes feel people's souls. Pulling, and sometimes I'd say something, and just people's curiosity comes up, and they want you to talk about that. And it's unspoken, but it's real. You get a thousand people wanting you to elaborate on something, just out of curiosity. Then it's soul pulling on soul. And as a minister, if you're led by that, you're wrong. Hmm. Intellect pulls on intellect. I've had people come to me. They want to discuss the scriptures. They want to talk about the Hebrew and the Greek and the Chaldean. And the etymological. And the archaeological. Huh? And the on and on. See, they're impressed with their intellect. They think they're very brilliant. Don't realize how ignorant they are. They don't. And it calls on you. And if you're full of pride, you want to prove to them that you're just as smart and smarter than they are. And if you do, you're wrong. All these debates, arguings and wranglings. Does the scripture say anything about vain and unprofitable? wranglings and discussion he said avoid them stay away from them they don't produce anything good right so soul calls to soul intellect calls to intellect flesh calls to flesh boy y'all got quiet when I said that (laughs) I've had a few ladies come by and They're dressed extra special. And they want to know if I could spend some private prayer time with them. Now usually Phyllis will interview those. (laughs) Ladies before I talk to them. (laughs) But sometimes even though prayer is coming out of a person's mouth. Flesh is pulling on flesh. And if you don't get a hold of your flesh, your flesh wants to answer back. Flesh calls to flesh. Intellect calls to intellect. Spirit calls to spirit. Deep calls to deep, the scripture said. Right? 
What should you and I be interested in? The Spirit of God. Right? And don't be distracted by the other stuff. He said, "My when I came to you, my teaching, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I wasn't trying to impress you with what I knew. I wasn't trying to wow you with my understanding. But I came to you and I ministered in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now, another way of saying that is you minister by faith. It's just like we were talking about earlier about the offering and about living by faith. As a preacher and as a man or woman of God, you got to learn, you know, when I come here tonight or anytime to minister to you, I know that there are all kind of needs, most of which I don't know and won't know. And I know God is very interested And people getting to him and being saved and having their questions answered and getting their bodies healed and getting their needs met. And only he knows how to do that. So I, you know, if I compared myself and my strength and my knowledge to what everybody that's here and all the many, many more who are not here and all the many who would get the materials. If I compare what I know to meet all these needs. It's just completely overwhelming. And it'd make you just want to run back to the house. (laughs) Are you with me? You'd just go, oh God, I can't fix all these people's problems. Well, he didn't ask you to. Hmm? And if you come and decide you do know enough to fix everybody's problem, and you're going to explain it through your amazing brilliance. Uh Uh-uh. You're confused and deceived. But if you come in faith, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to believe God to give me the words. I'm going to say it and express it the best I know how. But what are we counting on to do the job? We're counting on the Spirit of God. We're counting on the power that's in the words and in the Spirit. To get inside of people and enlighten them and show them what they don't know and give them the strength that they don't have and give them the answers they've been looking for and the help they need. Can he do it simultaneously with millions across the globe at the same time? Oh, he can. And he's hovering over the face of the deep, the peoples of the earth, ready When the word of God comes in faith, everybody who will hear it and believe it and receive it, then comes the demonstration, the manifestation of the spirit and power. And when it happens, it always magnifies and glorifies Jesus. I like it. Go to the 12th chapter, please. 1 Corinthians 12. Mm-mm-mm. 1 Corinthians 12. Are you there? 
Make the effort now. Take the time. Turn. Find these places. Mark them so you can find them again. You may need to share this very verse right here with somebody tomorrow. You need to be able to put your hand on it. Take them to it. Right? Because your opinions and theories and experiences is not going to set them free. But the word that set you free, the same word that helped you will help them too. And you don't want to half quote it and misquote it and ramble around the world with it. Just find, put your hand on it. Right? Say, let me get my Bible. <laughs> right? And go turn it first. Say, here, you know, read that. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this. Always true, always stand. First Corinthians 12. He said in verse 7. 12, 7, but the what? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Who? Who gets this? Of course, in the Bible, man is talking about both male men and female. Man is the creation of God. So we could say men and women, everybody is given what? The manifestation of the Spirit. Not just for personal experience. But for what? To profit with all. To profit the whole. Uh, You know, usually people in their immaturity. I know I did it. When I first started in the ministry, I saw the miraculous power of God in the scripture. I saw the manifestations and gifts and workings of the spirit. And I became enamored with that. And I thought, man, I want the power. I want the power. I want to see the miracles. I want to have the word of knowledge. I want to have the gift of healings. I, I want these things. And I'm thinking about my ministry. And that's wrong. Because these things are not about just uh, confirming you or magnifying you or manifesting you. They're about manifesting the word, glorifying Jesus. And it is available to every man, but for the profit of who? The whole. And when you get more interested in people around about you, than just your own needs and desires, you immediately begin to be more usable to the Holy Spirit. And you got to forget about, I want to feel the power. I want to feel the power. I want to have the power. Oh yeah, I want to come in and make stuff happen. (laughs) Ain't going to happen. Do you see what I'm talking about now? I want to be powerful. I want to be mighty. So I'll come in and do stuff. No, you're going to do nothing. Because you're just focused on yourself. What you'd like to feel and experience and be. It's not how it works. But to profit with all. And he goes on talking about the whole body of Christ. What you want to do every morning when you get up. Say, Lord, I have faith in the power of God. Hmm. I have faith in all the gifts and manifestations and workings of the Spirit and any way that you could and would use me to help somebody, here am I. Use me, send me, I'm available. And so many times it doesn't come spectacularly 
with a lot of fanfare. You can be with somebody and all at once you just know something. Didn't feel anything. Didn't see anything. You just know something about to, that would be something that you could use to help this person. And how did you know it? You didn't learn it. Nobody told you. How did you know it? Well, that's what the Bible here is calling a word of knowledge. You just know which way this thing needs to go and what God's plan and will for this thing is. How would you know that? That's called a word of wisdom. Are you with me? So many times these people are trying to make them spectacular. They're spiritual, not necessarily spectacular. But just make yourself available. And notice here, he talks about the manifestations of the Spirit and the body of Christ all through this chapter. And down in verse uh, 31, 12, 31, he says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Should you desire these things? Absolutely. So you can have an experience? No. So you can feel some power? No. No. For what? Help somebody. So that people's needs are met. Everybody all around us. Right? He said covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I to you. A more excellent way. And he gets into the 13th chapter. Which is what? Love. 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 Faith works by love. All these things work by love. Love is the exact opposite of selfishness. You're not self-centered. You're just, you prayed up, you read your chapter and then some, you read up, prayed up, you're going to church, you're feeding good, you're fed up with the word of God and the faith and you're ready for God to use you to help somebody so you're ready for the moving of the spirit. Word of knowledge is a moving of the spirit. Word of wisdom is a moving of the spirit. Gifts of healings. Working of miracles. All these things are moving. The spirit of God manifesting. Now. He talks about. Love. And in chapter 14 he continues. Follow after love. And desire. Spiritual. The King James says gifts. But it's literally just spirituals. Things of and pertaining to the spirit. Follow after love and desire the things of the Spirit. Well, God is love. If you follow in love, who are you following? Well, if you follow in Him, He's moving. <laughs> Do you see this? And if He's moving, you following Him, you moving. He's moving, you moving, things are happening. Is that right? And you started out by following what? Following love. Now, with that in mind, go with me over to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Then we're going to go to Ephesians 4. Can you find these two? 1 Thessalonians 5, Ephesians 4. Do you believe we could have more moving of the Spirit? Stronger moving of the Spirit. Is a lot of it up to us to learn how to cooperate with Him. And I, know I may sound uh, redundant, repetitive with this, but can you see what a huge hindrance selfishness is to this? 
Oh, it's big. And don't assume that it's not an issue with you. A lot of times people are being very, very selfish and self-centered. Don't even realize it. They don't see it. But it's real simple. Sneak up on yourself sometimes. <laughs> Check up on what you, what are you thinking about right now? Kind of come in the back door of your mind. You know what I'm talking about? And see what's playing on your mind screen. So many people, if their forehead was a TV screen and you can see what they're thinking about, every show is about them. Even the commercials are about them. There's even me reruns. It's no wonder they don't feel good. They feel ill. It's nauseating. All that me, 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 I feel, I need, I want, I don't have, I think, I, 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 I. It's nauseating. There's another way to live. Right? Look around. Break out of that and look around who's beside me. What's going on with them? I want you to stop right now and look beside you. Look in front of you. Look behind you. There are other people in this world besides you. And they have a life. They have feelings. They have desires and dreams. They have stuff going on in their life. Good, bad, and in between. And you should care. I said you should care. You should be interested in their life. See, one of the most devilish things you'll hear in the scripture is when you remember in the very beginning, there's how many people on the planet? Four or five? And uh, Cain kills his brother Abel over an offering. You think offerings are not serious? It's no wonder so many people today just pitch a fit about an offering. Never gave a dime, but just howl to the heavens about it. Why should they care what me and you do? Leave us alone. (laughs) But Cain kills Abel. You remember that? Over the offerings. And when God comes and says, where's your brother? Where's your brother? What did he say? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Did you hear that? Oh, that's devilish. What's another way of saying that? Ain't my problem. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. Ain't my problem. Right? Ain't my problem. And so when you got a whole world full of people that feel like that, and you sit in a Rural areas too, but you particularly see it in congested cities where people see, you see wall to wall people every day. And you, if you don't watch, you'll get calloused and you just see a person like you see a parking meter. You know? And you just see all these people as objects in your way. You can do it in the country at the Walmart. All these people's in my way. And all these people's in these cars are in my way. No, those are not just cars. Those are people carriers. And those people in there, they have somewhere to go just like you do. 
And you what you see, we live in a world that is increasingly becoming a world where everybody is living in their own little world. And people will run over you like you're not there. You know why? They don't see you. And if they do, they don't care. This is ungodly. I said this is ungodly. This is unspiritual. This is carnal, fleshy. The spiritual man, the spiritual woman who is operating in the moving of the spirit, they're going to follow after love and desire the things of the spirit every day. When they get up, they're not thinking me, 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 me. From the time they step out of their bedroom, they're aware of other people. They're aware of God and other people. God and other people. The spirit of God and other spirits. People I'm talking around. And if you are aware you know, when somebody, you see somebody, don't just look through them. Don't just see them as an object. Be open. I know a Phyllis and I were in a meeting years ago, very young in ministry. And I saw this couple, man and wife, used in the gifts of the Spirit strongly. That Boy, it impressed me. And the lady began to talk about how she learned how to be used of God. And it just answered some questions for me. He ministered, and then she ministered, and she began to minister by the word of knowledge. Now, what that means is she had known some things about situations and people, and she ministered to people. And very, I mean, supernatural and very precise, very precise. Things nobody could know. And uh, as she uh, she stopped, and I know part of it was for me. I'm sure others too, but she said, somebody might ask, how did you learn how to do that? She said, well, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I'd be ministering. And while I'm ministering, my heart would just go out to the people that are there. And I'd be ministering to the people, but the love of God would just come up in me towards the people. And while I'm looking at the people and ministering to the people, somebody's face would just stand out to me. A particular person. And the love of God would just really go out toward that person. And I knew God wants to minister to them. Something that they need. What are we talking about so far? Love. Follow after love. And desire the gifts of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. She's following love. And here comes the manifestations. And here comes the faith too. She says, so many times I wouldn't know what. I wouldn't know why. I just know, you know, here we got a room full of people, but this person stands out to me and my heart really just goes out to them in love. And so I'd say, you know, could I pray for you? And they'd say, okay. And so many times it wasn't until I laid hands on them and I touched them, then I'd know. I'd know what to pray. I'd know what to say and what to do. And here comes things I didn't know. Oh, can you see this? No big fanfare, but very supernatural, very spiritual. Is the Spirit of God moving in this? People got healed. People got set free. People got helped. Following after love. Said out loud, follow after love. Desire the manifestation of the Spirit. See, we're available. We're yielded. Let me remind you of one of our scriptures we read. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? 
Every man. Every person. Does that include you? For what? To profit with all. Can you be used by the Spirit of God? Can you have manifestations of the Spirit? Can you yield to Him when He moves? Let Him use you. You don't get weird about it. You don't try to hear voices. You don't try to see things. You just pay attention. And you start off by paying attention to something other than yourself. That's one big reason why so many Christians that in other ways they love God, but they're not being used because they're just only self-aware. They're not aware of people around about them, and they're not aware of the Spirit of God, so they're not open and they're not available to being used. But you can train yourself. I said you can train yourself to be different. You know, when you're around other people, you know, when you get up and you say, Lord, order my steps, direct my paths. And you look up a few hours later and you're with somebody you didn't even think you were going to see that day. Hmm? It's not a time for you just to be thinking about how you feel. And don't even hardly know they're in the room with you. Right? These kind of people don't get used. But when you got your eyes open, you go, hmm. Here we are. What does the Bible say? Love your neighbor. Well, who's your neighbor? That's your nearby. Whoever you're, you're by at the moment. And you begin to think, well, you know, what's going on with them? Sure love them. Sure want to see them do good. Want everything to be right in their life. Now, what are you doing? Is that God's heart? Is that, now, so you're getting lined up with him. And as you look that way, and you're thinking about them, and you're checking your heart, so many times God will give you something. Now, don't be weird about it. (laughs) Don't come over and go, I'm getting something. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm getting something. There's something. There's something here. (laughs) Well, there always is. Do you know what I'm talking about? Don't get, that shows real spiritual immaturity. A mature person can come and minister something powerful and never say, yea, thus saith the Lord, or quote a scripture verse, or even act, you know, like there's anything big fanfare about it. Did you hear me? There was just love and faith and truth. Because see, so much of that other stuff, you know what all that's about? Letting you know that I'm spiritual. (laughs) Let me say that again real slow. All that is to let you know how spiritual I am. And let you know that I'm getting something. Ooh, I'm getting something. (laughs) All these weird gyrations and all that stuff. No, you got something, just do it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about or not? I mean, some people, Lord, deal with them to give $20. They'll make a half a day deal out of it. <laughs> Start talking to themselves Well, other people are going to okay, Lord, if you want me to do it. I just don't know. That's my last 20. You know it is. But if I, oh, Lord, 
If you want me to, and then come say, you know, the Lord, I just want to talk to you. Can I take an hour of your time? It's important. You know, the Lord's dealing with me for three days now to give you $20. And I really wrestled with it, and, and my prayer partner helped me, and we I think we prayed through on it. And I don't know what it's for. I don't know what it's for. Maybe you know what the 20 is for. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you could have just slipped by and put it in their pocket and not said a word. Why would you go through all that? So immature. So proud. Wanting everybody to know that I heard from God. <laughs> well, it's about time. <laughs> Be quiet and you won't tell everybody how slow you've been. <laughs> Ain't nothing to brag about that it took you three days to turn loose the 20 bucks. <laughs> right? Just be quiet and obey God and folk won't know. <laughs> well, now, you may think I've digressed, but I haven't. You can abuse things God gives you and you can run your mouth when you should be quiet and if you do God can't use you like that you can limit yourself and hinder yourself there's been a few times I've seen where God would show people something that was personal and private and what they were supposed to do is pray about it not tell a soul pray about it and believe God and if he said Talk to them or, you know, see them, then follow up. But otherwise, just do what he said. And I've seen people blab that. Go around and talk. Yeah, you know, I picked up in the spirit. And so-and-so had this wrong. And so-and-so had that wrong. You do that and do that. And you'll get where God can't use you. He can't trust you. He won't tell you stuff. Because you cause more problems than you do good. Not only do you, you know, you receive what God gives you, but you got to find out from him what to do with it. Oh, did you hear that now? A lot of times you are not to say a word to that person or anybody else. You're to pray and believe God. Knowing something and knowing what to do with it. It's two things. But the same God who gave you the revelation will show you what to do with it. And until you know, what should you do? Sit on it. Be quiet. Right? Right. Am I talking about the moving of the Spirit? Yes, I am. Absolutely. We're talking about discretion. We're talking about faithfulness. Can God trust you? You know, it's pitiful. The society we live in. I have been in closed uh, conference rooms with officers of ministries and board members, there's nobody there but us. And the head of the ministry say, now this does not leave this room. And there's only 15 of us there. All ministers, a lot of us leaders ourselves. This does not leave this room. What do you understand that means? I know that seems like an obvious answer, but. And if you say, yeah, we won't tell anybody. Then how many people can we tell now? 
I got home two hours later. Somebody calls me from the West Coast. Want to talk about it? I said, huh? What? Talk about what? So, well, you know, so-and-so that y'all discussed in the board meeting. Well, that's unfaithful. Should you share things again with people like this? You're a fool if you do. Don't tell them anything you don't want told. Now, sometimes you don't like to believe it, but that's where you are. And if somebody will come and tell other people's secrets to you, they are telling your secrets to other people. Oh, no, 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 Brother Keith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because their words don't mean anything. If I tell somebody, I won't tell anybody. That means I don't tell anybody. Not Phyllis. Nobody. If I say nobody, that means nobody. But see, what you got is people say, well, I know they said don't tell anybody. But I'll tell you and don't tell anybody. And then they got three people they can tell that won't tell anybody. Remember that? They said, don't tell anybody. And by evening... Might as well put it on the news. Well, the Spirit of God needs to be able to trust you and I in sharing things with us that are confidential and sensitive. He needs people that he can trust that'll do the right thing with revelation and understanding, that'll use their faith and not run their mouth, that'll pray and not gossip, right? And you might think, well, it ain't that big of a deal. I want to be used in the power. Hey, you don't pass these tests. You're not going to more power. You have to pass these tests. If you're not faithful in a little thing, you wouldn't be faithful with more. So you're not going to get an opportunity to find out. Said out loud, I am faithful. I am discreet. I look to the Lord. I don't run my mouth. I'm faithful. No matter what you've been in the past, you can change tonight. And you can be what you just said. First Thessalonians, are you there? First Thessalonians 5, 16. What does it say? Rejoice once in a while. Huh? Rejoice evermore. Does that mean every time we see you? You ought to be rejoicing. That was too weak. Does that mean every time we see you? Every time. Every time. Every time when you get paid and when the bills come. Every time when people have been nice to you and when people have been mean to you. Every time you rejoicing, you just rejoicing, you rejoicing, you rejoicing, you rejoicing. Years ago I had the... uh, Thoughts coming to me. Didn't realize at the time, but it's the enemy. Have you ever heard this thought? What are you going to do? <laughs> That's one of the devil's favorite ones. What are you going to do? 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 And if you're dumb, you'll listen to it all day and all night. What am I going to do? If you listen to it long enough, you'll start saying it. What am I going to do? Oh, man. 
And I got this. And I got this. The devil practices what I call the pile up technique. You know what I'm talking about? You could take any one of these and put your faith on it and be pretty confident. But he keeps piling it up. Piling it up. It was just two things. Now it's five. Oh, man. Five. Not five things. Devil says, nah, ten. Here comes another one. And here comes another. And he wants you to get to the place where you go, oh, this is too much. I can't take it. It's too much. And that's a lie. I said, that's an absolute lie because you remember the Bible said, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested or tempted above what you're able. He won't allow it to come your way. If it's there, you know in him you can overcome. If it was too much, it wouldn't be there. You can overcome. You can overcome. But this thought can come, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got this, and you got this, and you got this, and you got this, and you got this. You say, oh man, all that. He said, there's more. And see, so what, what are you doing? You're meditating with the enemy. Anytime you're worrying and fretting and fearing, you have yielded and opened up yourself for the enemy to feed you continual stuff. And it just gets worse and worse. But thank God for the Holy Ghost on the inside, the Spirit of God. I, I'm, those thoughts were going through my mind. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? Where's that going to come from? How are you going to get that? What about this? What about the other? And, uh, you know, I told you, you know, when we first started this place, I spent a night or two with a calculator. He tried to do some of that then. What are you going to do with a place like that? What if three people come and give a quarter? What are you going to do? You know what kind of electric bills are going to be on that place? What about this? What about that? What about the other? Figure it up. So I'm trying to figure it up. And brother, it didn't figure. And I couldn't figure where I'm going to get it. I couldn't figure what I could do. I finally figured that God was going to have to do it or it wasn't going to happen. And he knew that all along. So then I just put my calculator in the drawer. And quit thinking about that. And just said, hey, everything we've ever done, we couldn't see how to do it. <laughs> Why change now? And I'm telling you, it's been one of the easiest things we have ever done in life and ministry. This church and this facility and paying it off, it's all paid for. One of the easiest things we have ever done in ministry. And the, Yeah. And the same God. Who did this for the church is your personal provider. Same God works exactly the same way. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The Holy Ghost inside me. He said, why don't you ask him what he's going to do? I thought, who? Didn't realize enemies feeding me stuff. He said, why don't you ask him what he's going to do? He said, you don't have any problems beside him. I thought, yeah. I began to feel a little sassy. Then I thought, yeah. I got a hold of it. I thought, devil, you concerned about me? Me? Worst case scenario. If I didn't believe in my money. If I didn't believe in my healing. If I died right now. I'm saved. Names in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus working on my mansion right now. 
I'm saved. That's eternity. I said, you really concerned about me? What about you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The gospel is going around this world by satellite, internet, TV, DVD, tapes, songs. People are being born again, filled with the Spirit like popcorn all over the planet. There are millions of us everywhere. What you going to do? What are you going to do? I read soon, very soon. Time is going to be fulfilled and a big old angel is coming down with a chain looking for you. He's going to tie you up and throw you in the pit and shut the door. What you going to do? Time is short. Tick tock, tick tock. What you going to do? Do you see what I'm talking about? You can turn this thing quick if you'll think right. If you'll think right. I like what Brother Shambach's fond of saying. He said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And sure enough, faith in God makes you the conqueror. The overcomer over every obstacle. The Bible says these things are light afflictions and they are but for a moment. Everybody say light Light. and momentary. momentary. That's it. That's your trouble. That's the worst of your trouble. That's all of your trouble. Light and momentary. How about your victory? (laughs) Your victory is total victory and it's eternal. Glory to God. How am I going to teach this message? eh? First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5. Verse 16, we got into that. That's how we got excited. Do you remember that? What? Rejoice. Huh? Then how many days should you be depressed? How many days should you be down? You know that being depressed is a sin? You know that worrying and fretting night and day is a sin? You should repent and ask God to forgive you. And don't say you can't help it. Because that's another lie that you'd have to repent for. (laughs) Well, some folk didn't like that at all. Read your Bible. I'm not making this up. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14, 23. Right? It's sin. Sin should be repented for. And sin means you could have done differently. So no, it is not okay for you or me, man of God, woman of God, child of God, to lay up and feel sorry for ourselves and draw the curtains and woe is me and I, no, no, you gotta get, sometimes you might feel that way, but you get yourself by the ear. Drag yourself in front of the mirror and say, hey, hey boy, hey, <laughs> you quit that. You get up here, God's done too much for you. You lay around and mope and act like this. God's on the throne. Victory is yours. You come through other stuff. Get up. Be a man. Be a woman. Shout victory. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how you stay strong. But what's the depression of the flesh? That's your weakness. That takes you down. 
You don't have to give it. You never have to. You can feel like 40 miles of muddy road. You can feel lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. You can feel bad. You can feel down. And you don't have to act like it. You can have tears in your eyes. You can feel the weight of depression on you. And you do not have to lay down and yield to it. You do not have to give place to it. You can jump up and say, no, no, I resist this. I am not yielding to this. I resist this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror in the name of Jesus. He always causes me to triumph. The moment you start talking like that, strength will come into you. Now, if you just lay down and decide you're going to cry and feel bad and feel sorry for yourself, you can be there for three weeks. The time you get through, you lost what little bit of faith you had, be suicidal. I mean, there ain't no limit to how low you can go. You keep yielding to it, you'll get lower and lower and lower. But the good news, if you do the other thing, there ain't no limit to how high you can get. How high and victorious and strong you can be. Can you say amen? Amen. Now go to Ephesians, please. I think we can close it after this passage. Of course, there might be a whole seminar in this, in this passage right here. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 21. Ephesians 4, 21. He said, if so be that you have heard him, Jesus, and you've been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. What will the truth do for you? It will make you free. That you do what? You put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, where? In the spirit of your mind. Do there need to be changes in your mind? Even after you're saved, do there need to be changes? Oh yeah, yeah. Just because you got born again doesn't mean you've arrived at total Christ-like thinking. Your mind, your spirit's been born again. It's a new creature in Christ. But your mind wasn't born again. Your mind has to be renewed. What you going to renew it with? The Word. This. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you do what? Put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying... No more lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. So how long is it okay for you to be mad about something? Not long. Right? You better have it worked out by sundown. Right? Is it okay for you to fume over it all night? Be mad about it still the next day when you go into work. No, sir. That's sinning. Yeah. Did he say try not to? No, he didn't. No. <laughs> he just said don't do it. Which means you can. Yeah. Verse 27. Now get this. Neither what? Give place, Give place to the devil. Don't do what to the devil? Give place. Don't give place 
to the devil. Now we're talking about the moving of the spirit. Well, let me say it like this. The enemy manifests where he's given place to. Do you hear this? How about the spirit of God? Where's he going to move? He's going to move where he's given place. If you give the devil place in your life, he's going to move in your life and manifest in your life. And you can holler about the devil, but who gave him place? Oh, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil is attacking me. The devil is doing this. The devil's doing that. You know, there needs to be some major mind renewal in the body of Christ about attack from the enemy. Now, we talked about this. In redeemed from the curse. If you were with us. We talked about this at length. We went through and showed. The blessed of God are not cursed. You're not cursed. Because you obey God. Did you hear me? But we got millions of Christians. That believe that. I've had preachers tell me. You know crying. Oh brother Keith. I stepped out to obey God. And all hell broke loose. Oh, my Lord, I think every devil in hell, come, well, you flatter yourself. <laughs> right? Yes, sir. Oh, Brother Keith, ever since I've tried to obey God, it's just one thing after another, one thing after another. The devil just attacking me. So what you want to do? Quit and go back to the world. It's a lie. Now, the problem comes in if you get in fear. If you get to believing because I'm obeying God, the devil's going to do stuff in my life. Because I'm a big target now. Because, uh, yep. Just wells to get ready. All hell's going to break loose. That is the opposite of what the Bible teaches. Did you hear me? That's acting like you're cursed. Because you stepped out to obey God. Now, I know some people don't like it, but you need to hear it. And you need to hear it with double volume. Let me quote a scripture to you. The way of the transgressor is hard. Who? Whose way is hard? The obedient? The man and woman living by faith? Their way is hard? No. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is is light, and if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now you gonna believe that, or your spiritual ideas? Are y'all with me now? No. The more obedient you are, the more blessed you are. The more obedient you are, the more protected you are. That's the truth. That's reality. If you believe lies, then you open, you're giving place to the enemy. There are a lot of people. They're good people. They love God and they're trying to obey God, sort of. But every time they go to do something for God, they wait for the other shoe to drop. What's next? That means you're in fear. You are believing for the devil to do something else to you. And if you're doing that, he has a right to. You're giving him place. 
If the enemy's moving, somebody's giving him place. What do we got to do? Shut the door. Quit giving him place. And a big one of the big ways people do is through fear. Through fear. You need to get bold. If you're in here, you know Phyllis led us in our inoculation. Do you remember that? Huh? Well, if you weren't here, you missed out. Pays to go to church. Right? What are we doing? We inoculated ourselves with faith in the word of God that no plague will come nigh our dwelling. Hmm? Ain't you scared of the flu, Brother Keith? No. I don't get the flu. Oh, I would say that for anything in the world, Brother Keith. Don't you know the devil will hear you? And he'll come straight and put it on you too. (laughs) On you, he will. Because you believe that. And you're afraid. So the door is wide open for him to come do it. But for me and my house, a thousand may fall at one side. 10,000 on the other side, but it won't come near me. That's Bible. the scripture. Wow, Brother Keith, you just never know. You just never know. <laughs> it's not a scripture. I have a right to believe what I want to. Yeah. Open the door to the devil. Have problems the rest of your life. Wonder why. Wonder why God let this happen to me. It wasn't him. It was you. Giving place to the devil. Through fear. Through believing lies. Through disobedience. Through sin. Giving place to the devil. What did he say about that? Read it for me. Neither. What? Give place. How much? None. Don't give him place, which means not any. Now keep reading. See how this flows together. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Well, that's one way of giving place to the devil, ain't it? Stealing. We just got through reading it. Work with your hands. A thing that's good you may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Well, it's a big one right there now. wonder if anybody ever gave place to the devil with their mouth. Oh. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Does it edify people when you stand around, do not shut for an hour and go, man, I hope y'all don't get that flu. I heard your boy hacking. That looked like that there bird flew to me. I'm just as scared y'all going to get it. Did that edify him? Man, I don't know what the country's coming to. I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't know. Try to look wise and go, well, you just never know. How I many know we've got millions of Christians living in the world of you just never know? That's where they live. No faith. Well, we'll just see what comes. We sure hope it'll be all right, but you just never know. That's corrupt communication. And it is not edifying the people around you. It's putting fear in them. It's shaking them. It's disrupting them. 
In a world full of fear and anxiety, when you come in, you ought to bring something with you. People ought to look forward to when you get to work. They ought to look forward to when you come to the restaurant. When you come into the place of business. Why? Because they know you're not going to talk down. You're not going to talk problems. You're not going to talk defeat. You're not going to talk fear. It's going to be faith or you ain't going to talk. And because most everybody else has been talking junk the rest of the day. They look forward when you come around. Because they they need some help. Somebody tell us we're going to make it. Somebody tell us we are going to pay our bills. We ain't going under. Somebody tell us we're going to live and not die. Somebody. And you can. Because he did. Aren't you glad? You've learned something about faith. What a different life it is. Somebody says, what if we die though, Brother Keith? We all going to die. You didn't know that? Oh, brother. I'm about to tell him about this. You're going to die. And your cat and your dog and your parrot and your flowers and your garden and your trees and you. Unless the Lord comes beforehand, you're going to breathe and you're going to quit breathing and your heart's going to stop. You know what I got to say about that? So what? It's it's coming quick. Our life is a puff. It's a vapor. You're here. You're gone. Oh, but for the child of God who knows what happens next, there is no fear of death. No fear. None. And the Bible talks about when you've been delivered from fear, you don't live your life. To the whims of the flesh. Glory to God. (laughs) I get so excited about it. Because I. You know you wish everybody got a hold of this. I am not afraid to die. Are you? That's not everybody. (laughs) You better get over it. Because if the Lord tears is coming. You're going to die. And you need to get straight about it. You need to know. That you know. That you're in faith in him. That you trust in him for your salvation. And that you've been born again. Oh you need to know that. You got to know that. Right? And then once you do. Do you know what happens? This pile of dirt. Falls on the ground. And quits. You step out. And you go. Wow. I feel good. And there's an angel there. And he says, you want to see some stuff? He said, man, take me by the scenic route. I want to see everything. And you're out of here. That's reality for the child. No, it's not a dream. It's not a fairy tale. It's reality for the child of God. No, you don't turn into an angel. No, your soul don't sleep there in the grave. There's nobody out there in the cemetery. What about ghosts, Brother Keith? Spooks. You know, some places is hainted. 
You know, old man so-and-so, he got his head cut off with a chainsaw. And, and so ever, sometimes at midnight, you can hear him running that chainsaw out there. No, he ain't there. I think he is. Well, he ain't. Yeah, but people have seen stuff. People get in enough fear. Are you listening now? What do they start doing? They start giving place to the devil and wrong spirits could manifest themselves imitating people who were familiar with these people when they lived and know stuff about them. But that person is gone. They're not here. If they're saved, they went to heaven. If they're not, they went to the other place. But they're not here. There are no human spirits roaming the earth. And when you die, you ain't hanging around. I don't want to. No, me either. You're out of here. You slip. It's like pulling a hand out of a glove. Your spirit comes out of your body. You're just as much you as you are right now. You got your mind just like you do right now. Are you with me? And if you're saved, you're out of here. And you go to see your folks in heaven. And get to meet Paul and Abraham. And Moses and Elijah. I mean, sit down just like this right here and talk to them. And oh, eventually, you get to the throne of God. And see the one who created the heavens and the earth. And you get what you've longed for all your life. Questions answered. Things inside you that you always knew there was something there, but you didn't know what. You'll find it. If you're saved. If you've been born again. Keep reading this. I'm about through. Ephesians 4. Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of what? Everything that comes out of your mouth is supposed to build people up who hear it. So that means you can't ramble on and on about how you feel and what bothers you and what's upset you. Is that edifying? What does it do to them? Hmm? You know, there's been times when people were having a pretty good day till you showed up and rained on their parade, right? I mean, talk to all your problems and, you know, it's bad and ruin their day. That's inconsiderate, isn't it? When you could have just prayed and gotten faith about it, didn't even have to bring it up. Edifying. Edifying. Read the rest of it. And ministering grace to their hearers. Verse 30. And what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Now can you see the flow? Don't give place to the enemy. Don't talk stuff and do stuff you shouldn't do. Because if you do, you're going to be giving place to him. And simultaneously, you're going to be grieving the Spirit of God. Because you're not giving place to him. We got to get this turned around, right? So that if we're going to grieve anybody, we grieve the devil. Right? And we don't give place to him. We give place to the Holy Spirit. He prompts us to pray. We pray. He prompts us to give. We give. He prompts us to share something edifying and uplifting. We do it. The enemy deals with us to do something wrong. We don't. We don't yield to him. 
Say it out loud. Don't yield to the enemy. Yield to the Spirit of God. Don't yield to selfishness. Yield to love. Hallelujah. Don't yield to the flesh. Yield to the Spirit. Don't yield to worry. Yield to peace. Don't yield to depression. Yield to joy. Don't yield to the devil. Yield to God. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, please. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, lift up your voices. Let's minister to him some tonight. Oh, Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.